Welcome again to Wrestling With Ideas. I am Zach McGibbon. I have with me on the line for what should be a very interesting interview is Mark AP. He is the creator and booker for C4 Wrestling here in the nation's capital, and he joins us now on the line. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing good. Yourself? I'm doing pretty well. I'm uh, glad to have you on the line here, and it uh, should be a very interesting chat. As I mentioned before, you are the creator and booker of uh, C4 Wrestling. Is that correct? That is correct. And uh, how did C4 Wrestling start? Ah, okay. Um, I'll actually go back to somewhere you're familiar with, Algonquin College. Okay. Uh, I'm a script writing graduate from the script writing program. And uh, soon after graduating, I became involved with the, 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 the very thin but existing uh, local Ottawa indie scene. Hmm. Um, and I became involved with that in trying to try and get my, my writing using that aspect and relating it to wrestling. Um, there wasn't a whole lot for me to do with that locally. Um, and basically over the course of the next two and a half years, I launched the C4 Capital City Championship Combat. And uh, we had our first show in November 2007. And uh, it's, I can't believe years have gone by so far, but that's how we first started. Um, it really started as an outlet for my, my creative storytelling. And also, as being a fan of wrestling as a child growing up, it was it was a, a natural progression for me. Oh, that's very interesting. And uh, I'm just one, wondering, uh, is there any uh, booker you looked up to, uh, any elements from like a Paul Heyman booking style or a Gabe Sapolsky booking style that you in, put into your uh, booking of C4 Wrestling? I don't think consciously ever there was. Um I mean, I grew up, I grew up in the late '90s, being uh, like a, a huge fan of everything I could get my hands on, and times are very different now than they were then. Where now everything is a tip of your fingers; you can get access to anything you want. For me, it was it was scouring whatever tapes I could find, it was reading whatever magazines, kayfabe magazines I could find. It was it was a lot of that. So it wasn't it wasn't so much an awareness of of a particular booker bookers doing what they did. That said, uh, I mean, I, I I idolized Vince McMahon as a kid. I, I I knew who Eric Bischoff was. I thought Paul Heyman was a genius, even if I only had like a one hour of ECW television on tape, uh, a taped episode in front of my got off a satellite dish because again, it wasn't accessible up here. But I knew who these guys were. Um, so I mean, subconsciously, I'm sure I picked up on things. But I mean. I don't think I, I have, uh, as I started getting into the booking aspect, I don't think I had a particular person that I emulated. Um, I did, I got involved with several uh, so, several different indie promotions before launching C4. Uh, one of those would be uh, IWS out of Montreal, which some people might have heard they heard of. They, they recently came back after a few-year hiatus. But the first shows I put on were promoted with them, and I learned a lot of experience from guys backstage, such as Kevin Owens, such as, and many others who were around. So I think I was just a sponge taking a lot of different things. Very interesting stuff. And uh, do you do you have some sort of philosophy when it comes to booking? Is there a constant thing that you recognize when you book uh, batches for C4? Uh, okay. Well, there's two different things at play there. For for specific matches, I just want to I want to make sure I put out something that's a entertaining product to my audience because I know my audience and it's I've been working I've been building it for eight years so I know the C4 crowd and I know what will get a response. So in the short term for particular matches or for, for single events, 
uh, I don't, ha- I don't, ha- I can't really verbalize it, but it's, it's all just experimenting and mixing and knowing what works with what. For long term, I always believe things have to be justified. I think you shouldn't insult your audience intelligence. And I think that, um, I think for what we do at C4, I, I can't, I cannot compare my philosophy to what is on television or whatever because we are producing three and a half hours every four to six weeks. We are not producing seven hours a week on TV. So I can't really compare what I do versus what televised products do or what things that even run every week do. I know that I have to send people home knowing that they had a great time, knowing that they want to tell their friends, and knowing that they want to come back in a few weeks. Not necessarily, I need to tune in in two days to watch the follow-up to this. How do you find uh, wrestling talent, and how do you uh, bring them into uh, C4 Wrestling? Hmm. Um, early on, again, when I was working with IWS and learning from them, I was fortunate to, to meet a lot of guys at that point, and very lucky to come up with a guy like uh, Kevin Owens or uh, El Generico, now known as Sammy Zane. I, I was able to be in that circle of guys. And, and, and use those guys. Since then, I really don't have that much time in my life to watch every indie out there. I would like to, but I don't. I, I really have to keep up with reading up and, and following several major indie promotions and see who's catching on and see who's making waves and see who's, who's, who's catching people's eyes. Um, fortunately, C4 in itself has been able to create someone, or not create, but be a big part of someone like a speedball Mike Bailey, who started off in C4 about five or six years ago and wasn't a known commodity. And now through his development in C4 and then going out because of matches he had in C4, he's now become one of those hot new indie guys that a lot of people are talking about. He's in, the PW, he's in PWG. He was touring with AAA. He's going overseas. So it's it's cool that that I'm looking out outside for new talent, but also some of C4's homegrown guys are now becoming those hot indie talents. Yeah, it's very cool stuff. And as you mentioned, Speedball Mike Bailey, he's having a ton of success down in the States. He's wrestling for ZZW now, and as you mentioned, PWG. Yep. Uh, but is there any talents down in the States that you've looked at and you were thinking, maybe I should bring him in for a C4 wrestling? I, I mean... Without naming names, I can say I have a, a, a decent-sized list of guys who I'd like to to get up here. It's really a matter of logistics. It's a matter of timing. It's a matter of money. Uh, one big thing right now that's really hurting is the American dollar um, because it's it's just these guys are getting paid. they got to be paid in their, their home currency, and we are still charging Canadian prices at the door. Yeah. So... That that's something that's not thought of, but it's it's a it's a it's a tough thing right now. Hopefully that changes, but also fortunately we're we're doing pretty well right now. So I'm sure we're going to slowly make it through everyone. I mean, over the last eight years now, we've brought a who's who of guys through Ottawa. Um, like I've said, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, uh, Chris Hero, uh, American Wolves, Sanjay Dutt. Um, Loki has been up here for us. Well, for fighting back, Tommy Dreamer, um, Brino, Raven, 
Um, there's a long list of guys, both uh, indie guys who are setting the world on fire right now and guys who've been around for a while. Yeah, and very, and that's uh, just, as you mentioned, just a very long list there of some uh, wrestlers that's gone down to uh, C4 Wrestling. I'm just uh, interested to see uh, where do you think C4 will be in the next couple of years because uh, when I was at the event, I got a chance to uh, talk to uh, Two-Fold Scorpio a little bit, and he sees a possibility of having even a, a C4 Wrestling school in the future. I mean, that's something we'd love to do, and it's something that's been, been discussed going back since day one. Um it's something that's on all our minds, and again, since day one, that has been something we'd like to do. However, the reality of the situation is, is, is buildings are expensive to rent, and it's as simple as that. Um, just the logistics of getting something up and running is just, at this point, is more than we can, we can chew on right now. I think, having been doing this for eight years, we like to focus, we're focusing on what we do best, and that's putting on the shows. And, uh, and I, I think I think you can you can speak honestly when I think you had a really good time at that oh, show. Oh, yeah, it was tons and tons of fun. And uh, I again, I recommend everybody to uh, find that show on uh, SmartMark Video. And uh, I believe they sell uh, MP4 versions as well on SmartMark. They have MP4 and DVD as well as if you go to smvod.com, smartmarkvod.com, mm -hmm. they have it on, on their VOD service as well. Well, that's perfect, and uh, so yeah, I totally recommend everybody to go out and check that out. And uh, I just want to move on to uh, some of uh, what's going on in the modern day wrestling. Just uh, quickly, have you seen? Are, are you keeping an eye on uh, the WWE product? I mean, I keep an eye on it. I don't watch week to week simply because six hours is too much to, yeah. to consume, in my opinion. Um, I do keep it. I, I do watch the monthly specials. I'll admit that, of course. I watch the monthly monthly specials, and it's much more manageable to watch that way. Um, but yeah, I, I keep up enough that I know more or less what's going on. Okay, um, just a, a pretty broad question, but I'm just interested to hear your thoughts on it. Where do you? How do you think? Uh, what do you think of the creative direction of WWE so far? <laughs> I think that in the last decade or 14, 15 years, there's been, nothing, there's been nothing that they've done that should make anyone have faith in their long-term planning. Since the, the invasion angle, they have done absolutely nothing long-term vision that, in my opinion, should give anyone faith. The only reason Daniel Bryan got to the top of the card was because they had no other option. It wasn't a long, thought-out process. They were going to bury not bury him, but they did their little thing with Randy Orton in the fall of 2000. And, 2013, I guess, and had no choice but to follow up on that direction when the Batista returned bombs. They never, they, they should have went with Rob Van Dam way earlier than they did. He was organically over. They could have gone with CM Punk, who was organically over with the fans, but they didn't. They are constantly not going with the organic response, the organic thing to do. There has been no one sustained at the top of the card in the last 15 years, in my opinion, who was who? Who got over organically with the audience? And uh, a very interesting uh, idea on that. Is there a guy in uh, WWE that you think is really, really underutilized uh, in, the, in the past fifteen years, as you mentioned? I mean, it's, it's a big, it's a big chunk of time. I mean, going back, I, I think there were guys, say, let's say two thousand three, two thousand four. I think if you look at, I think Rob Van Dam, they finally put the belt on him, but that was four years later than what he probably should have been. I think someone like Shelton Benjamin, people were ready for him. 
I think guys like CM Punk, yeah, they gave it to him, but they 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 never really gave it to him. And I think it would have been interesting to see what they did with Daniel Bryan, but unfortunately, he's been plagued in the last year and a half with, or I mean, he's been cursed with these injuries and all the, the awful stuff that's been going on there. I just think they've been so so stuck to who they think people should go for rather than listening to who people are going for. And I know they, there's a lot of they, – they'll quite often say like it's difficult when the fans are going against the long-term story. But the truth being is there is no real long-term story. This is my opinion. Of course, I might be completely wrong. But yeah. when you have a guy who you're trying to push as this main event guy and your audience is booing him, that doesn't make any sense. Whether it be John Cena, whether it be Roman Reigns, whether it be Batista, whether it be any of these guys, if you want to push someone, why are you not accepting someone who that the audience wants to cheer for? Mm-hmm. It's not that difficult. Yeah. It's like, why can you not get behind people they wanted? Like a year and a half ago, I think Survivor Series 2014, Dolph Ziggler was, was crazy over, and he could have been pushing that main event level, but they didn't. There are these guys that get who naturally get over, but they're not in these in the slots that they want to fill, and they they just they don't go with it. Yeah, it's very it's very interesting stuff indeed. And uh, you mentioned uh, trying to find that top guy. Do you think uh, Roman Reigns as a character is salvageable at this point uh, going into WrestleMania season? Uh, a couple of things on that. I don't believe in the idea of having one top guy. In the most profitable years, it wasn't about one top guy. Yes, in the 80s, Hulk Hogan was, was their face, but they had a whole crew of guys who were all over. In the late 90s, it wasn't just The Rock. It was Austin. It was Mick Foley. It was The Undertaker. It was all these guys, this, this group, this core group of guys who were all over. Not one of them was just the face. It was all of them. And over the years, I mean, there's been guys who who have been, they could have this again, but instead they opt to go with just the, the one. Like the 1A and then everyone else is, 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 is 1C or 1D. Right now with Reigns, I think they've just done a disservice to him by stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. I think you look at people when you go back two years ago when they were all booing Rey Mysterio for being number 30 at the Rumble. And then not be Brian. Who were those people into? They were into Reigns. At that time, they were all behind him. And then the way that people saw the manufactured push of him, it just turned people off. A year later, in the same situation, they were booing him and The Rock together. I think also looking at this point, he's a two-time champion already in his quest to become champion. It just doesn't – you look at the Rumble and he, he lost, but it wasn't like he got screwed. He just lost. He lost in the, circuit, the situation of the match or the other rules of the match. You look at, um, you, you compare two things on that show where you had Dean Ambrose and Kevin Owens having this match where both guys were being the crap out of each other and, and going through tables, and then they both valiantly came back in the rumble to keep going and limped and, and went in there and fought hard. Whereas Roman Reigns gets taken out of the rumble by guys, walks to the back, comes back out not really showing any signs of being hurt and then loses so why should people suddenly be behind this guy 
Meanwhile, I think a guy who 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 is has been over for the last year and a half on his own, who but they're not going with, and they have him right in their face is Dean Ambrose. He's the guy. You look at the end of that rumble, people were into Dean Ambrose. People were into Dean Ambrose when he was shooting with Bray Wyatt. But even if they did make him look like a complete buffoon every time he lost, he picked up the monitor that exploded in his face or whatever else he did. People have been into him. But because he's not their guy, they don't get behind that. Yeah, very interesting stuff indeed. And uh, also, I want to get your take on the uh, authority angle. A lot of people have been saying that the authority should have been gone many, many times ago. In fact, as you mentioned, Survivor Series in 2014. What do you? Th- what are your thoughts on the uh, authority angle? Do you think it should continue, or do you think it should just go away? My opinion is the entire format of televised wrestling needs to be blown up and changed. I think for the last 20 years on WWE and going back to WCW TV, it's always been the authority figure, whether that was Vince, whether that's been general managers, whether that's now the authority, quote-unquote, that's that model of television. Is, there's nothing new. There's nothing There's nothing that's really sparking anybody's interest in the product by doing that same format. I think, I, I remember being in 1999, I was tired of the Vince McMahon feud with Steve Austin. And that at that point, it was a year and a half old. I think that you, they need to start reformatting things. They need to change things. I think that's why something like a Lucha Underground is catching a lot of people's attention because they're doing something different. It's not the same formula that WWE has been following, that TNA has been following, that most televised products have followed. Very very interesting stuff indeed. And uh, going into the other uh, promotions, uh, TNA, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, as you mentioned. Uh, first, actually, let's just talk about uh, TNA a bit. Do you think there's any hope of TNA being around in the next five years? I hope for them they are. I mean, I hope the more places that exist, the better as a whole the industry's doing. Now, I, I'm going to be honest, I've not watched TNA at all in years. And even when I did see it, it was a very important. But I think that they continually, from the outside, they continually seem to be going back to the to the well that they've always gone to, which is an unproven, it's never been a success for them. And they just keep, it's from, from looking into it, or from looking at it, it just seems that they, they always make the same mistakes. They never, they had a unique identity about eight years ago. And then instead of focusing on being the best TNA they could be, they focused on being the WWE light. And I mean, again, I hope they are around in five years. I hope they're, I hope they're successful because I think top down, if, if big promotions are doing well, everyone else will do well. If there's an interest in wrestling, it's because the mainstream is doing very well. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, as you mentioned a little bit on Lucha Underground, but have you been watching any uh, Reign of Honor at all? I have not in a few years, in all honesty. Um, I, I follow the guys in the promotion. But I have not been able to watch it. Okay, but is, do you think? Uh, but do you think there's any uh, potential in any of those promotions, including TNA, to be just as big, if not bigger, than WWE at all? Uh, no, I think it's impossible. Okay, I think because for the last decade and a half, WWE has been on a post level. Let me sorry. Let me start over. Nobody should want to be the next WWE. Be the best what you can be. ROH should not be worried about trying to be as big as WWE because they won't be. Be the best ROH you can be. 
And whether that means continuing what you're doing now or continue to grow and getting on a national television channel, it sounds like Sinclair is buying the tennis channel, which has major cable clearances, and they're going to rebrand to a sports channel. So the theory being that ROH could be on a, a widespread cable channel across the states, that's great. And they need to focus on building themselves up. Don't always look at yourself in comparison to WWE. I think I think TNA could could be a great alternative, but not be a competitor. And yeah. I think that's what Lucha Underground is doing very well right now. Yeah. They don't seem to be trying to trying to compete with them. They're trying to be the best Lucha Underground they can be. One last thing about some some of the big promotions, and then uh, I'll talk a little bit back into C4. Yeah, sure. um, Global Force Wrestling with uh, Jeff Jarrett. Do you think there's any hope at all for a national television deal in the near future? I don't know. I don't think I don't think television deals mean as much as they did ten years ago, or as they did five years ago. I think if they were serious about having a product, the product would be, be coming out in some form or another. Mm-hmm. I think being stuck in this box of needing cable television, if not, it, it's 2016. I mean, there's you could. It, why has no one tried to get a? a, a, a why has, has no product tried to land themselves on Netflix? Why has no product tried to land themselves on any streaming, major streaming service? I don't get that. I don't get the idea of trying to be attached to a model. And this goes back to the whole television, the whole idea of TV formats being the same. Because it worked in 1999, 2000, is not meaning, it does not mean it should be what you're trying to do in 2016. That's insane that you're trying to have any, any product is trying to measure success the way it did two decades ago. Absolutely, and uh, just one last quick question, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about C4. Yeah, sure, for sure. Um, if WWE were to ever offer you some sort of creative position within the company, would you accept it? I have no idea. From everything I've heard, it's not that it's not that that fun of a job. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a pretty it, it's a pretty quick way to make you hate anything involved in that world. Um, would it be interesting? I, I, I think it would be very interesting. Would it be enjoyable? Probably not, but it would also be a job. I, I really don't have an answer for that. I think it would be a very cool opportunity and something to look at, but that's also not where my long-term goals are in life is to, is to work for that company. If I, if, if I was 15 years old, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, that was 15 years ago, and now it's, that's not my number one goal, I don't think. It would be interesting, and it would be interesting to really look at. And you hear, like for every for every negative story you hear, you do hear the there are interesting stories that come out of there. But I just don't know if it's if it's something that any sane person would really want to pursue. Mm-hmm. I, I I like I like booking an indie promotion where I I don't have to worry about ten other people shooting down ideas. Mm-hmm. And I like being having the opportunity to see what works with my audience, with C4's audience. I don't have to worry about hitting every demographic. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll go on to a bit of C4, and then uh, we'll let you plug your stuff. Um, do you have any connections with some of the uh, wrestling schools here in Ottawa? No. No? Okay. No. Um, and uh, I want to also talk about uh, C4, uh, the C4 Underground. Um, 
what what was the idea behind uh, that? Because you've already done uh, one show. You have the other show coming up uh, this February. What was the idea uh, behind C4 Underground? Going back to one of your earlier questions, you asked about how, how I keep, or if I keep up with guys out there, mm-hmm. and new coming, new, new guys and girls, and, and up and coming talent. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is, I don't have an opportunity as I, I once did as a fan to go check these shows out anymore and see who's who's making waves, whether it be Montreal locally or Toronto or wherever. Mm-hmm. Underground gives me the opportunity to get to to bring some of these these newer talents that are starting to make waves on the indie scene. And get them in front of our audience, and get them in the ring with some of our regulars, and see what they can do. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea behind Underground. It's really to, to tr- it's trying out new talent, giving them an opportunity. So like the breakthrough guy from last year's Underground, without question, was Space Monkey. Mm-hmm. He was a he was, it was a silly gimmick I'd heard of, and I was interested in seeing him. And he killed it when he came up here. And he's become one of the fans. He's become a total fan favorite. People love him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, when is your next uh, C4 event? Well, Underground, C4 Underground Volume 2, mm-hmm. which I, I'm hesitant to call it a full-on C4 show because it's not, but it, it'll give you a good idea of what C4 is all about. And that's Friday, February 26th, uh, 8 p.m. Tickets are $10 at the door, flat across the board, $10. Um, Venue Columbus Club, 260 MacArthur Avenue, C4Wrestling.com for details. Our next full-on C4 show is uh, C4 History of Violence. That's Saturday, March 19th, 2016. Um, that's going to be another loaded show with all those regular C4 guys. Um, that's $20 tickets flat. Uh, they're in a, they're on sale in advance right now at Vertigo Records on Regal Street and at the venue, which is the venue Columbus Club, 260 MacArthur Avenue. Um, so, yeah, take up those tickets early for that March 19th show because we were totally sold out last show. Uh, last a week and a half ago, we had almost 450 people in there, and we turned away about 50 people at the door. So don't miss out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was I was fortunate enough to get there early enough to get some uh, tickets. It was uh, quite a good show. And uh, also, where can we find some uh, older events if I want to look back at some of uh, the older C4 shows? I mean, the easiest way for local fans is to come out and buy them at C4 events because that's that's again that's the easiest way, and you're dealing with Canadian funds that way. Uh, internationally, uh, smartmarkvideo.com, um, smvod.com, both of those are through Smartmark Video. Uh, they handle our international distribution. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they handle us and tons of other great indies that are out there, like CZW, Shakara, and dozens and dozens of other promotions. Awesome stuff. Well, uh, thanks again, Mark, for uh, coming in, taking time out of your day to uh, interview us here at Wrestling With Ideas. And uh, For again, sure, anytime. And again, guys, check out uh, C4 Wrestling. I've been there. I was there actually a week and a half ago, the sold-out show. And, uh, boy, I'll, let me tell you, it was so much fun to go to. So uh, j- definitely check it out and uh, have, a good, have a good one. And uh, thanks again, Mark, for coming on. For sure. And I think anyone listening, I, I guarantee you, you will enjoy yourself if you come out for the show. It's not like any other indie show you've ever been to. This is this is a quality, top-rate, independent promotion with guys really giving it their all and really trying to make a go of it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so uh, thanks again for uh, tuning in. And, uh, of course, uh, just doing a little bit of promotion on our side. Uh, check out Wrestling With Ideas every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. And uh, also, if you miss it, check out WrestlingWithIdeas.Podomatic.com for older episodes of Wrestling With Ideas. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you, Mark, for that. No problem. Is that all right? Yeah, we hit 30 minutes bang on. <laughs> 
good stuff. And uh, that was a that was a very engaging talk. That was that was really good stuff. Again, I'm up for it if you guys want to do it again sometime. Awesome, sounds good. So uh, I'll uh, I'll let you go. I won't hold you too much longer. And uh, again, okay. thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this interview for us. No problem at all. All right, thanks. All right, bye. Bye.